Welcome back to my podcast. It used to be the fading age and sex symbol, but now it's called Living with Marilyn, and next week it might be called something else because I kind of remember what it's called. But um, I'm here, and it's Sunday, and uh, the rain's ended. I'm watching the crown. There's sirens going outside. Been going all morning. I don't know what's going on, but I am so happy because I have got my amazing friend, the most famous Marilyn Monroe author, the best author. When people write to me and say, I need to buy a Marilyn book, which one do you recommend? I only say one, and it's Marilyn Monroe, Private and Undisclosed by Michelle Morgan. And she has given her Sunday morning to me to talk about Marilyn and me and you and what you're doing. Morning, Michelle. Good morning. I feel like you've just tricked me because I've been watching The Crown and now all of a sudden I'm in this interview and I'm like, hmm. (laughs) We wonder what I'm going to ask you. (laughs) Well, yeah, go on. Actually, this is perfect because watching The Crown has made me um, think about the Queen, watching the Queen and her duty and obviously Marilyn Monroe being in England and because Marilyn met the Queen, which... And they were born the same day. Is that, or is that the official Mar- Marilyn's, Marilyn's birthday and the Queen's official birthday? Am I right or wrong there? No, it's the, sa- the same uh, year, but not the same day. The Queen's actual birthdays, I think it's in April, I think. Um, but no, not the actual day, but the same year. They were born within you know, a, month, a couple of months of each other. And it's funny that you should say about the crown, because when I'm watching it, I just keep thinking, oh my God, I've got to carry on writing the Marilyn and England book because everything like with all the palace and everything it just reminds me of the prince and the showgirl so it's yeah it's sort of quite fitting that I'm watching this while I'm wanting to write about Marilyn in England. I thought it was kind of strange actually because I was hoping that I might get a phone call and be asked to be in it when they might have <laughs> they might have had Marilyn Monroe meeting the queen I thought I think they missed a trick there I really thought that would have been in there it would have been a great little part of oh. Oh yes, well you're t- yeah. I just thought for a second there that you were talking about this series, and I'm like, oh, but uh, yeah, no. For the fifties, that would have been terrific, and I would have rather have seen that than when she met Jackie Kennedy. Although that was interesting, I'd have much rather of her have been meeting Marilyn. That would have been really great. Yeah. See, once again, Jackie Kennedy gets gets it, and Marilyn doesn't. Yeah. See, life imitating art, art imitating life. But, um, yeah, so that phone call didn't come. I'm not in the crown. And now that decade's no. gone. So that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> Never mind. But hopefully okay. your new book may be turned into a film. You never know. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be amazing. Out of everything that I've written, that, that book would just be amazing to, to make into a film. I've never, ever had any of my books made into a film. And the weird thing is, at least three times a year, I get contacted by... A producer or an agent for a producer or something like and they're all really big people um asking about my Thelma Todd book asking if that's still available for the uh, for film rights and whenever I say yes they're like oh great and then I never hear a single thing ever again so it would be wonderful if the Marilyn in England book got made into a film I, I, that would just be like the icing on the cake for me yeah because you do hear though about these um people that do inquire so don't lose heart and then they say oh this has been in the 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 production for like nine years because um what's the book recently oh uh um a a movable movable feast um Mm. by god what's his name uh uh, ernest hemingway 
Now that's about oh, his yeah, life yeah. in Paris in the twenties. That's that just sounds like it'd be a brilliant, brilliant film. And that's been in production for nine years. Wow. From people talking about well, it and finally doing it. Sorry about the sirens. Was, I don't know what's going on today. That's okay. It was the same with Evita as well, wasn't it? Because that went on for years and years. And I think Madonna campaigned for it from about 1989 onwards. And she finally made it in 1995. And then it was released in 96. So, yeah, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, never give up on your dreams. Because when did you decide that you wanted to write a book about Marilyn's time in England? Because you said it was before you started your fan club, which was, we don't want to age yeah. you, Michelle, but how many years ago was that? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, I started the fan club in 1991. And it was around about that time that I started thinking that I'd really like to write a book about Marilyn in England and I'd never written a book before and up until that point I'd always thought I wanted to be an actress and then I suddenly realized that I, I liked writing the um, the letters to the producers more than I liked the auditions so I thought that maybe I should be a writer instead of an actress and then I really wanted to write this Marilyn in England book um, but every time I tried to get it published or tried to get an agent everything would fall through they'd say it was a great idea but then nothing would come of it and um, so eventually I, I did get I get a contract for Marilyn's addresses, so a lot of some of the information I had acquired went into that, and then I got uh, private and undisclosed, and some more of the information went into that. But the whole time, I've always wanted to write Marilyn in England all the way through, and it's just so bizarre that in 2020, the year when everything just imploded, it, it should give me this opportunity to actually do it. I mean, I couldn't believe where I just. I wrote to my editor, um, Little Brown, and just said, you know, I've got this idea. I want to write a book about Marilyn in England. And I never thought that he'd say yes. And that was sort of earlier in the year. And he says, well, I really like the idea, but we've got loads and loads of hurdles to get through. I've got to take it to all these different meetings. And I just sort of thought, yeah, I bet it, I bet it falls at one of the hurdles because it's done so many times before. And then I couldn't believe it when he messaged me and said, yep, everyone loved it. Everyone's on board it's going to happen it'll be published in 2022 and I was just like oh my god because then that will be a full 30 years since I first had the idea to do it which is crazy yeah but how inspiring so. is that for anyone that's listening to this thinking I really want to do something could be anything not just write a book and their dream has taken years and I think it's never going to happen 30 years <laughs> 30 so never give it's up bizarre. on yeah and and also like you say 2020 what a, a year it's been especially for I mean I've lost everything any entertainer has at the moment they've lost even no matter how yeah. famous you are but it's weird because one of my dreams was to play Marilyn Monroe all the way through her life in different scenarios because I always end up playing her dying and it's mm. um it gets a yeah, it's not nice. I'd like to play a bit glamorous. So this year, right in the middle of lockdown, I got to play all different parts of her life, including when she was young and had red hair. That was really weird seeing oh my gosh, myself. With, maybe amazing. I'm not allowed to speak about this. I'm not sure. I'm not kind of giving it away. But yeah, I had to have uh, red hair and do a little ballet class and uh, go through her life. And I even had a girl next to me playing Jane Russell, which was really, really cool. So, you oh. know, the, it, you, you, we're probably getting our dreams because the world's coming to an end. I hope not. <laughs> Oh God! No, it can't come to an end before my Marilyn England book comes out. Yeah, right. God, if awful. you're listening, if you're listening, God, you've got to wait till 2022. Get the book out, <laughs> then you can do what you like. 
I'm so excited. What's but your... the weird thing as well is that all these years I've wanted to do a novel as well, and I've had all these non-fiction books published, and I've never ever had a, no- uh, um, a novel published, and then 2020 gave me that as well. So that's really strange. Exactly. It's just been a it's been a really horrible, horrible year for so many reasons, and yet you know these few little flickers of joy have come have come through as well so it's kind of a weird year because when I look back on it it will be crazy but at the same time it's given me these two dearest dreams that I had so it's yeah it's a bizarre year really bizarre. You know what I love about that though is because the bad things that have happened in the world were not your doing it's coronavirus it's Mm. a world issue but I guess that's what we're trying to say about personal dreams so one of my personal dreams has come true your personal dream has come true this year what we can do about yeah. world stuff, you know, that that's not our doing coronavirus and everything like that. But it's lovely that little personal ambitions came true this year. So really, it's been a great year for you personally, which is lovely to hear because yeah. our own little personal dreams, we can't change the world, but our personal, maybe Donald Trump's dreams didn't come true this year, but <laughs> I'm sure he can live with it. Um, not to give away anything that's going to happen in your book, but um, if you could just sum up one thing that you loved most about Marilyn's time in England, because some people, they've only probably seen the uh, film of Colin Clark's, which, you know, I thought the film was produced well, acted well, but the story is seriously dubious. So some people may yeah. be uh, misunderstanding Marilyn's time in England. If you could pick, if you could go back in time and meet Marilyn in England, what is the time or something she was doing that you think was her highlight or your favourite highlight of her time in England? I think definitely the times that she spent going around Englefield Green, which is where she lived, uh, meeting people there, riding her bike, all that kind of thing. I've spoken to so many people who met Marilyn while she was out on her bike or when she popped into the paper shop to buy some sweets and just all sorts of things like that. And she was just so kind to everybody who, who lived in the village, especially the children. And some of the children, they're not children anymore, obviously, but some of the kids that used to hang around the gates have told me that you know she would come down and speak to them and um, sign autographs and things like that I've spoken to the paper boy who went up the the drive and she waved to him from the bedroom window just things like that I think that that's lovely and I know she had a, a great deal of stress on the set of the prince and the showgirl and it, probably looking back on that time that's probably what she thought of the the whole trip that she didn't enjoy it because of all that happened there but there were times when she was in Parkside House and Englefield Green where I think that she probably did feel quite happy because the the amount of really sweet stories that have come out of the village um, has been phenomenal and I've, re- I've really, really loved that part of it and I, I actually every time somebody says to me oh yes, I saw Marilyn cycling down you know, Wick Lane or whatever and I get so excited and they must think I'm absolutely bonkers because to them it was just like a fleeting glance you know, on a Sunday afternoon or whatever and I'm just like, oh my god, I need you to tell me everything and they're like, okay Because it's so <laughs> normal, it's such a normal there's this Hollywood actress that we, I mean she's a goddess now, I mean, she, she's like Coca-Cola or McDonald's, yeah. she's like a brand now and, and to have her doing something so normal is cycling down a country lane and especially as us being British girls I mean I may have been born in America but I'm a Brit right and to think of this American actress that's a goddess doing something so simple as going down an English country lane on her bike <laughs> buying a newspaper it I, I, I think I agree with you I think I would love to see that I'd be like is that actually Marilyn Monroe? 
<laughs> I know. I know. So many people have said to me at the time when I first saw her, I thought, no, that can't be Marilyn. And then they get close up and they realize it is. And, you know, they're just like, wow. But they, they got so used to it. I mean, she was here for four months and they got so used to seeing her that for them, it was just an everyday occurrence. So they're not when they're talking about it, they're not particularly excited about it because they got to, you know, know her um, through the little sightings that they had mm. of her. And so it's just part of their history. But for me, it's just like the most exciting thing that anyone's ever told me. But I'm, I must come across as being completely bonkers. Well, not, not to it, us, it you just, don't. It makes me laugh. Yeah, to, to, to me, it comes across completely normal because I, I have the same reaction when you're describing it. Do you know whatever happened to her bike? Was it a borrowed bike or did she buy it or... So no, much well, just... well, what happened was she said that she she would need to uh, to get a bike because she wanted to cycle around England. And the funny thing was, when everyone was asking her questions at the press conferences, this seemed to be like the the biggest thing that she wanted to do, just cycle on her bike rather than make a film. But um, Laurence Olivier said that he would lend her his bike. But then in the end, a newspaper, uh, the Daily Sketch, they presented her with her own bike. And wow. she was seen on that bike, and she was also seen on a different bike, which may or may not have come from Olivier, I'm not sure. But um, no, I don't think that she would have taken it back to the States with her. So who knows? It, it may still be somewhere in the country. I would love to be able to find it. I would lo- if, if there's anyone out there who has Marilyn's bike and you want to gift it to me, that would be really cool. Wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> if it remained in Parkside and they've probably got this old, rusty old bike they probably just skipped and they didn't realise that it was Marilyn's bike. I always, I always think yeah. things like that. When I when I see old things, my boyfriend recently bought an accordion and I, it's from the 50s and I just look at it and I think, I wonder who played that. I wonder all these stories when you see old things and like handling yeah. Marilyn's old things. But I'm fascinated with her time in England and I really... I I really don't think it's been done service to because we've only got um, the Colin Clark book, which really, it's not historical, is it? So I'm so excited about this book because it's, I think it's the one part of her life that really hasn't been tapped into. And it's fascinating because the Americans love England. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Marilyn, I got this wrong when I said it before, but I said Marilyn not left the country, but of course she'd gone to Japan and Korea, but I meant Europe. And to have this American in Europe in England meeting the Queen it's just it's so exciting um I can't wait to read it Michelle we need to this planet needs to survive another two more years (laughs) it will it will don't worry no um yeah I'm just I feel exactly the same every time I, I start working on it again um it's just it brings me so much joy and the the most wonderful thing about working on it this year is I'm able to sort of sink down into 1956 and just completely immerse myself in 1956 stuff I've got a a playlist of all the the songs that were out when she was here that I can listen to got all the newspaper reports I've got all the interviews that I've done and I'm continuing to do with people who met her or um, worked with her and whatever and it's just wonderful to be able to just switch off from 2020 and just go straight back to 1956 and I'm finding so much stuff about it and it's just the most amazing project to work on and it has so many layers as well Mm. I mean you know that obviously the top layer is that she came over here to make a movie but then there's so much on top of that there's you know the fact that she was a newlywed with Arthur Miller then there's the whole um living in Englefield Green and meeting all those people and then there was the friends 
that she she brought over like she brought over Norman Roston's wife he was a friend of hers obviously and um and then there was the meeting the queen and then there's um Olivier and all the problems with him and the problems that he was having himself with you know with his wife uh, Vivian Lee so there's so many layers of it and it's so many great names amazing project we've got a-list names in there so to finish this interview I want to ask you one question and please don't say me because I'm much too old to play Marilyn Monroe when she was in England by the time your book gets done in 30 years or 20 years or however long you take these films to get done I'll be retired (laughs) anyway so if, if you could pick anyone to your film gets made or Marilyn in England you've got to cast Olivier you've got to cast you know um all the characters but more importantly you've got to cast Marilyn who would be your dream person to cast and like, please don't oh please don't say me because you're my friend because no I can't but <laughs> no I don't want this yeah, role well, but if, if you could uh, your dream actually any age group any age group if you could have picked an actress to play Marilyn who would you pick god Do you know I, I really don't I, I've never even thought about that um I really don't know. I think maybe, you know, when I'm watching The Crown now and the actress who plays her, I, I personally hadn't really heard of her before I saw The Crown, you know, the girl who plays Diana. So maybe somebody great, who, who we're not really that familiar with because that way when we're looking at her, um, we see Marilyn and we don't see, you know, whoever, Angelina Jolie or, yeah. or whoever it is, a great big star maybe it would be better if it was a fairly unknown kind of a person to play her. But, um, yeah, no, I will have to give that a more more thought if I can, if I can think of a different thought. I think um, you've got I'll some... I'll let you know. Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think that's what they should have done in all these Marilyn bios. I mean, there's been so many of them. Some, some have used that. But I think they should always do the star in the casting around Marilyn rather than have Marilyn as the name because obviously we know how Hollywood works you need a name to make people go and see it and to make people invest in it but I think you're right watching this crown the girl playing Diana and and I don't know her name either but straight away I'm seeing Diana rather than seeing there's there's Gillian Anderson playing Margaret Thatcher which is perfect because it's a supporting role but in such a someone so iconic as Diana we're actually feeling like it, it, it I agree with you I think it'd have to be and unknown and find that charisma that Marilyn had and like Diana had. Michelle, thank you so much. That's so excited. What a lovely morning to spend a Sunday (laughs) talking about Marilyn. I could talk about this all day, but then people would probably um, be the longest podcast in the world. But I'm going to carry on talking to you when I stop um, recording this podcast. All right. Well, thank you. So it really, really means a lot to me. My first ever guest. I hope this is recorded. It probably turns out nothing came out, but I'm so excited. Don't say that. I know. But um, yeah, because this is all me learning. This is a learning experience for me. But oh, that was just brilliant. As my first guest, that was, I can't wait to listen to it back because it was just brilliant. I want to go and buy a bike now and and ride around Dengerfield Green. Oh, we should do that together. <laughs> we should. All right, that Michelle, so thank cool. you guys. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.